Welcome in to the PFF NFL Daily. Today, breaking down our favorite free agent halls to this point. Last week at this time, we had no idea. We didn't know what teams were going to do. But we've had a week of action, and Sam, it's been another crazy week in the NFL. So let's, uh, you know, we've, we've gone through our favorite individual moves. We even, on the big show, went through all 32 teams, gave our favorite and least favorite move for each team on Thursday. But today... Overall, what is the team that you like the best so far in free agency? Um, I think there's a few teams that have done a great job. Obviously, I think Cincinnati have done fantastic business, right? They came out early in that free agency period. They grabbed Alex Kappa from the Bucks, a guard. They grabbed Ted Karras, a guard slash center. Sounds like he's going to be playing center for them. And then they bided their time. They didn't make a trade with Dallas when it became clear that Lyle Collins was on the way out and that they were looking for anything to take him or to get him off the books. Cincinnati easily could have jumped in there and thrown a fifth round pick, thrown whatever it was and and got to the, the front of the queue. They didn't do that. They waited until Lyle Collins was cut and then they hosted him for like an old fashioned free agent visit the way it used to happen, right? Where they'd get these guys in, show them around the building, you know, take them to dinner, all that kind of stuff. That's what they did. And they wooed Lyle Collins and they ended up securing him anyway without needing and to give up a draft pick. Shout out to my home mall, the Kenwood Mall, mm. that also helped seal the deal with Lyle. I mean, he was just hanging out at Kenwood Mall. Obviously, that right. sold him for the Cincinnati area here. L- lucky they didn't take him to Eastgate. Otherwise, he might have been playing <laughs> somewhere else entirely. Um, but apparently, Joe Burrow was out there selling Cincinnati, right? Hosted him for dinner along with uh, a couple of the other new guys and the the significant others, the wives, the girlfriends, whatever they are. So Joe Burrow was out here closing deals as well. Um, and obviously an LSU connection there as well. Burrow and Lyle Collins, both LSU Tigers back in the day. Not together, obviously, separate times. But the point is, Cincinnati had a massive weakness in that offensive line and knew it and went out there and absolutely overhauled it. So now... You have three new starters in that offensive line. Maybe they can still bring back Quentin Spain to play one of the guard spots. Maybe they'll have faith in Jackson Carmen, their rookie from last year, stepping up. Or maybe they draft somebody as well. Or maybe there's a combination of all three of those things. Either way, this offensive line should be dramatically improved over what it was a season ago, where ultimately it, it was one of the reasons they didn't end up winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, so completely agree on the Bengals. Obviously, they came in with a plan, right? They mm-hmm. said number one priority is the offensive line. Took care of that day one with Kappa and Karras. Um, I actually like the other moves that they did just to sprinkle in uh, the other needs on the roster. You know, bringing in a Hayden Hurst at tight end, bringing Eli Apple back at cornerback. Look, neither one is going to be the difference between them maybe getting over the hump and winning the Super Bowl. But again, I keep reiterating, just don't go into the draft with massive needs, right? right. If Hayden Hurst has to be your starting tight end, you'll be okay. If Eli Apple has to start again, I think they'll be able to manage, but it also gives them that flexibility going into the draft. As you say, draft the best players. Don't go in saying, I need to get this starter at this position or that position. So that's always my theme in free agency. So um, love what the Bengals did. So I agree with you there. Maybe we'll pick a couple teams along the way here, but I'll go with uh, the guy that's essentially become Joe Burrow's counterpart here. Class of 2020 quarterback, Justin Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers. They did, it. you know, it's a, a similar thing, right? You've got your year three quarterback, put all the pieces around them. We keep talking about the arms race in the AFC West. It's really turned into the entire AFC, yeah. but the Chargers are right in the thick of it, right? So they re-signed Mike Williams to start. Offense is looking pretty good, but the playmakers they added to defense with Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, uh, the pass rush duos, and, and that's what it's about. Like no single player 
makes a, a drastic move in the NFL. But when you put all these pieces together, Khalil Mack and jo- uh, Joey Bosa coming off the edge, J.C. Jackson now opposite Asante Samuel and Michael Davis, that trio of pretty good corners. But J- Jackson is a playmaker. Samuel's a playmaker. And we all know about number 33 roaming around that defense. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, familiarity yeah. with the system with Brandon Staley. And just this weekend, bringing in Gerald Everett at tight end. So similar to the Bengals, hey, let's just fill this need at tight end. Everett just adds another pass catcher to the mix. So I love what the Chargers are doing, who also go into the draft a bit with able to pick the best players. Yeah, I think they've done a great job as well. Both these teams, really, since the moment they drafted their quarterbacks, Burrow and Justin Herbert, they've both done a fantastic job with personnel from that point onwards. And they haven't necessarily done it all in one go, but they've recognized weaknesses and they've attacked them in a major way and they've successfully done it. The the Bengals are executing the Chargers strategy from a year ago in terms of overhauling the offensive line. And then this season, the Chargers are kind of doing what the, the Bengals did last year in terms of adding defensive uh, playmakers. So they're, they're both attacking the same uh, strategy through slightly different methodologies, and it seems to be working. Both these teams look like they're making really good moves along the way. Um, one team I want to mention because I hated what they did last year, like almost everything they did last year. And it does come with a fairly major caveat, which is they still have no quarterback, like none, zero. I know where, I know where you're going with this one. Yeah. Sam Darnold right now is the number one quarterback here. Um, oh, no, I really know where Panthers. you're going. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, look, outside of that, which I, I will grant you is a massive caveat in today's NFL that they still have no plan at quarterback. The moves they have made, I think, have been very, very good ones. Um, you know, signing a guy like Xavier Woods, who's a quality starting safety for not much money, three years, less than $16 million dollars. You bring in a guy like Austin Corbett to solidify one of your offensive line spots. Remember, that's where they went and and brought in two disastrous free agents, like in the first hours of free agency last year. Corbett should be a significant upgrade and a good player. They they went back to that well, got Bradley Bozeman, who again should be a decent player, uh, not a disaster like the guys they brought in. They managed to get Dante Jackson back at cornerback um, to make sure that that position group didn't fall apart. And then they've kind of added... You know, various other quality players down the line, like Johnny Hecker, they signed as a punter. Okay, it's a punter, so nobody really cares, but Johnny Hecker's a great punter. Um, Wait, you're burying the lead here, Sam. Mm-hmm. They signed two of your favorite players I'm in the NFL. I'm getting there, I'm getting All there. All right, that's really why you like them. Go ahead. You bring in Matt Ioannidis, who has been one of the best pass rushers on that Washington defensive line for years, right? The guy's good for 50 pressures a season on the interior of a defensive line. That's not easy to guarantee yourself. And then, yeah, Rashad Higgins, you know, a guy that I just happen to like, who will be a fine number four receiver for anybody. Um, but they've been, you know, ticking, or chipping away at this and just bringing in good players across the board, addressing areas of need. And, you know, pretty much every move they've made has been good, it's just that one great caveat of, you know, yeah, but where's the big one? Yeah, I mean, it, they still have the major question mark at quarterback, but I, I'm with you, right? It is it is night and day compared to what we expected or what we thought of their their effort last year. Um, it, and I like your phrase, chipping away. I mean, the, the way we've just described free agency for those first three teams is a player here and a player there. I think other than J.C. Jackson, I mean, J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack are both splashy type of moves for mm. the Chargers, but for the most part... A lot of the moves we're talking about are just, again, filling uh, immediate needs on the roster with good, solid players at reasonable prices. 
Uh, and I like the way the Panthers have done that. Yes, the big question mark. What are they going to do with quarterback? So that's still wide open. Don't forget they have the number six overall pick, so they could just be drafting one of the right. players in, here in the draft. In a year where nobody trusts any of the quarterbacks to be worthy of buying the number six overall pick. That's that's just where they are as a franchise now. You might have to take one of those chances. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also throw out the New York Jets as a team. Um, look, I, I think the Jaguars have taken some heat for how much money they've spent or, or maybe overspent on some players. And the Jags and the Jets were in a near identical spot coming into this offseason, right? A ton of draft capital, a ton of money to spend. And I think the Jets have just done a a little better job at getting players at the right price who, again, uh, fill holes on the roster. The two tight ends, C.J. Azama, uh, Tyler Conklin. So you have a two tight end system now uh, that you could work with for Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, even just adding a Jacob Martin off the edge as a, as a solid edge defender, but not breaking the bank there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of what they did, Lakin Tomlinson, to fill another spot on the offensive line. It's now basically been a three-year overhaul on the offensive line for the Jets, and I think they're close. I think they're close to be in one of the better lines in the league now. Jordan Whitehead comes in at safety. DJ Reed at corner. So all these needs that the Jets had across the roster, they're not done yet, but they've ticked a lot of these boxes here in free agency. Okay, one last team. The last team that I want to talk about. Um, we talked about this AFC West being an absolute arms race, right? The Kansas City Chiefs are already there. The Chargers are adding all these defensive weapons. Denver went and acquired Russell Wilson. All of a sudden, they're in there as well. So what do you do if you're the Raiders, right? You're sitting there. Everybody else is going nuts. They're bringing all these quality players. You're kind of overmatched, right? Because you're the Raiders. You're, you've got Derek Carr, and he's good, but he's not great. And you've got you know, that's the position you're in. Do you just accept it and take your beating every year and you know be the third or fourth best team in that division? No, you're going to go down swinging. So you bring in Chandler Jones as your big pass rusher. You go and trade for Devonte Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL. The Raiders are not going to go down without a fight. And I love that. They might not work. They might still be the third best team in the division. But God, I love the strategy. You like the strategy, not necessarily. Uh, did they give up too much for Devontae Adams? Right? Don't care. Okay. So you're just, you're in, you're just in that they were aggressive here. Yeah. And that they tried Look, to compete. You remember that, um, the, the, the Spartans at the, uh, the Battle of Thermopylae, right? The 300, where they were so, there's so many Persians when they, they fire their arrows, it's going to block out the sun. So they replied, yeah, well, then we'll fight in the shade. That's what the Raiders are doing, right? They don't care <laughs> that they're completely overmatched, that they're 300 against an army of 300,000. They're going to fight in the shade, and they're going to bring in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones to get it done, and I love that. Yeah, it's, it's an army of four, because all the money is going to be Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, I mean, in, uh, who did I miss? Anyway, it's, it's an army of four or five with the Raiders. But hey, I love the aggressiveness again, and I can't wait to watch them compete in the AFC West. Let us know who do you think has had the best free agency so far. It's a PFF NFL Daily. 